Hello, dear listeners. It is I, DJ Starsage, coming to you once again from the Lady Demora, Her Majesty's carriage. It is Tuesday evening. The skies are bright and sunny, and the sun is about to set. It's disappearing off into the west, into the horizon. I'm just on my way home from my workday at the candy shop. The dashboard has warned me that we are seeing slightly on the verge of warmer temperatures. It is 39 degrees out. How are you? And what have you been up to? Remember, you can always email me at djstarsage at gmail.com and tweet me on Twitter at djstarsage. Over the weekend, Hubby worked a late shift at Grace Brothers on Saturday, and I nestled in for an afternoon of household chores, and I managed to sneak a nap in with Mr. Oliver, our little senior boy, our little senior man, is quite the little cuddle bug. Between uh, fits of activity, he's our senior toddler when he's properly medicated. And uh, I even managed to get some video game play in. I managed to turn on my PlayStation for the first time in weeks, perhaps a month. And it warned me that it had a system update. You know, just like if you're used to a Apple or a Windows computer, it has updates and sometimes will tell you that you have to restart. Well, that should have been my first warning. You see, if you have anyone who lives close to you, especially if you live in a apartment community, oh, heck, If you just simply have neighbors with young people, you should make an effort to educate yourself about internet security in the same way that your work and or bank may warn you that you should change your passwords every so often to prevent identity theft. Well, you should make sure that um, (laughs) you're not giving it away for free. And by that I mean, uh, don't be the numbskull that leaves their internet free and available. If you have Wi-Fi, make sure you have password encryption. Nowadays, it seems like most of today's youth are ahead of the game. Whereas it used to be the pastime of kids growing up to figure out their parents' password for pay-per-view or, uh, you know, how to bypass the long-distance block, (laughs) make some long-distance calls, you know. Uh, Today, the thing for kids to do 
is to figure out how to bypass the limitations their parents have set on internet usage time. A lot of our smart devices, whether you've got a tablet or a smartphone, will have the ability for a parent to set an amount of usage time. Just like maybe when you were a kid, your folks said that, you know, each night if you do your chores or your homework, you get an hour or two of TV. Well, that's uh, all translated into internet time nowadays. If you are anyone who has children who haven't graduated high school yet. And of course, part of that is to keep them safe from online predators. You want to have content blocks on there, just like you might have ratings blocks on your TV. But uh, we had, uh, oh, probably a couple of years ago now, an issue where we noticed our internet at home at Chateau Star Sage was uh, quite a bit slower than we'd bargained for. And uh, Hubby being the ingenuous ingen- <laughs> the go-getter that he is made it his mission to learn all he could about internet security and the uh, equipment that we have at home uh, what does Ramble Redhead say anyways so Come to find out, the reason why our internet was so slow the other year was one of the neighborhood darlings had downloaded an app on their tablet or their smartphone, but had figured a way and how to weasel in to our Wi-Fi connection. So, of course, this did not sit well with Hubby, and uh, we took measures to prevent that from happening again. Now, one of the things that you can do with router setup, if you so choose to add all the extra layers of security, is uh, you basically create a list of the devices in your home and tell your network, your router, that those are the only devices allowed, the only safe devices. And if you don't have regular guests or company, then uh, that should be all fine and dandy until you, you know, you replace or upgrade your devices. But I digress. Well, once you've made those devices trusted on your network, they are allowed to do anything they want because, well, uh, why should anyone suspect that good friend of yours from work to behave badly when you invite them to the party. (laughs) Case in point, apparently the system update that was pushed in March for the PlayStation was designed to override certain features for internet security, meaning remote access, that being communication with my PlayStation outside of my home. Apparently, the purpose for that being that Sony is in the process of rolling out, of promoting, of supporting play of 
games from your console on your smart device. So in theory, all you gotta do is launch your PlayStation app on your smart device. And if your internet is on at home and your PlayStation's connected, you are in theory supposed to be able to play the games that you have at home on your smart device, no matter where you are. Yeah, uh, this didn't sit well with Hobby because, uh, well, the PlayStation overrode all of the settings on our router because it was a trusted device. And uh, I was scratching my head for the next day trying to recall what I had done because, you know, when uh, you are in a living situation where it's just you and your spouse, no matter what happens, if uh, the other person ends up having to solve the problem, you did something wrong. <laughs> so I tried to retrace my steps to figure out what might have happened, and lo and behold, it occurred to me, <gasps> the PlayStation rebooted. It had a system update, so there we had the culprit. So if you have a PlayStation and you have Wi-Fi security, keep this in mind. If your internet has gone wonky recently, yes, wonky, it's a technical term, ask hubby. <laughs> uh, it is due to an update that your PlayStation might have gotten. Anyways, I finally managed to play a game. I got out my copy of No Man's Sky. And according to the PlayStation log, I'm sad to admit, I'm ashamed to admit, I hadn't played this since last summer. Anyways, it's one of those little space adventures where you have landed on a planet, your ship needs to be repaired, and you have to locate resources. Of course, in the early stages of the game, you're not supposed to wander that far from your ship because you don't have any sort of navigation tools and, well, <laughs> I'll give you a guess what yours truly did. Mm-hmm. Yep, still wandering aimlessly. Um, <laughs> anyway, so one of the things that we also did over the weekend was uh, Hobby managed to get a few last parts on his his uh, shopping list there to complete a setup that we now have at home. So the the Freddy Memorial Theater, not Freddy Krueger. This is Hubby's late uncle Freddy, who passed away unexpectedly after returning home from having fought in Vietnam. The Freddy Memorial Theater is at Chateau Star Sage and is now equipped with 3D capability. And no, I am not talking about that hokey red and blue or blue and green pair of fake looking glasses you might have worn if your parents or grandparents saw the blob in movie theaters. No, as I mentioned in another show recently, about 10 or so years ago, there was a resurgence and the technology is called Real 3D. And there's been a bunch of movies that came out under this, uh, this label, this banner. And uh, apparently, one of the reasons why it hasn't been very popular is because 
they've never managed to produce titles that were in more than basic HD, which is 720p. It's a, a resolution rating. Go ahead and look that up. 1080p is the higher resolution for high-definition flat-screen TVs. But 4K, which is 4,000 pixels per square inch, are the newer TVs, the current up-and-coming cutting-edge standard. And um, those television sets have achieved a refresh rate, which is how quickly the picture is redrawn, that is fast enough that the 3D experience is more realistic to the human eye. So while we haven't taken the plunge for 4K yet, we've managed to locate some affordable components and have been just uh, collecting up some used copies of some popular 3D films. In fact, we bought a per- we purchased a copy of the DreamWorks animated film Epic, which was quite fun and had the voice talents of Mr. Steven Tyler from the uh, band Aerosmith in it. He played a kind of a bookworm character, and I want to say that Beyonce may have done the voice of the lead character. She was sort of a, a queen of the forest. That was a fun film, and um, Hubby did some tweaking of the setup at our memorial theater, the Freddy Memorial Theater, and um, he's got the picture even crisper than before. Of course, this caused him to stay up a little too late on a school night, if you know what I mean. Uh, the eyes were a little heavy, and we were dragging a little bit the next morning, but in theory, it's all worth it because we will be able to experience 3D at home. And um, after the tweaking and the setting up, Hubby scored an auction online because someone was trying to ditch their copies of 3D movies. Maybe they upgraded their TV and didn't have the equipment anymore. But uh, Hubby has has, uh, just uh, scored a haul and we're looking forward to some of those titles. Alrighty, folks, hang tight and stay tuned for the second half of this program. And here we are in the latter part of the week. Did you manage to clear your plate? Did you accomplish everything you set out to? Did your boss take it easy on you as you wound down your week? I'm just heading home from my work week, my weekday at the candy shop, and I have some errands to run before I arrive home at Chateau Star Sage. The other week, I finally managed to catch up with my peer, my co-worker, Elise, and ironically, we are just about to reach the one-year mark from when she joined my office. Elise came to Oslo, oh, more than a decade ago, 
she's just a few young years younger than myself, but she's a a young queer person also, and uh, she came to Oslo in her twenties in search of love, or at least a good time in those days, and has stayed here ever since. Elise and I decided it would be nice to have a bite to eat together. And a few weeks ago, the other week, we managed to step out of the doors at the candy shop and grab a cup of coffee together. That was our our little trial because in downtown, it's a easy thing to get distracted and lose track of time. And usually that's why I don't leave the building on my lunch. But she managed to keep us on her toes and we got back in plenty of time. Then we had a follow-up the other week and we actually got more than a cup of coffee. We managed to grab lunch, or at least I did. It was the intention to anyways. And uh, I sadly ended up being the cheap date. (laughs) She had uh, gotten my cup of coffee as a treat the other week, and I had intended on grabbing her drink. However, yours truly has a little bit of problem with this wallet. You see, when I have my debit card on me, since our vending machines at work will accept them, it's like having a run at the casino. So I rather not tempt fate. And um, that day was no different. I meant to have my cards on me because I tried reminding myself on my way in that we were going out for a lunch date. But uh, yours truly reached into his bag and womp womp. Yes, I was the mooch. (laughs) But I've set myself a reminder that uh, the next time we're due to go out, I am making sure the cards are on me. But it was a nice visit that little uh, step out the door that afternoon. We enjoyed a, a local coffee shop that was in an older building. One of those old neighborhood stores that is rather charming. They've, they've kept up the, the appearance of the olden days. They haven't modernized it. And the indoors has been furnished with... Uh, rustic charm. They have had a few thrift store finds for furniture that they've brought in to function as uh, serving space and seating. Very eclectic and charming. Among other things, we sat and paged through our phones and showed each other old family photos. 
Elise has a celebrated history in her family. And we talked about our family's different roots. So I think it's safe to say that we will likely be friends for some time to come. This weekend, or at least in a year from now, Hubby and I are anticipating a trek southward towards the Mid-Atlantic region in an area not far where, from where we attend the Farpoint Convention. Now, in this case, uh, at least this year, it's somewhat solemn because the event that's due to have a sequel next year, at least it's presumed because this is its fifth year running, a Doctor Who-themed convention called Regeneration Who. Well, sadly, due to recent affairs in the United Kingdom and the European Union, due to the pending vote on Brexit, the UK exit from the European Union, appearances from the majority of the originally scheduled celebrity guests, those who played parts in the long-running Doctor Who series, have been canceled. So a trip to regenerationwho.com will tell you that this year's event has been postponed. <laughs> and uh, as I was saying, we are hoping that next year we will be able to make the event as uh, certain friends of ours from abroad may be traveling to the east and it will be a rare opportunity for a meetup. So here's hoping that the United Kingdom and the European Union sorts out their affairs shortly, although one could probably argue that it's more the United Kingdom's affairs that need sorting, perhaps. So, uh, to my friends abroad, you are certainly in our thoughts here in the Americas. Um, we are in good company, though, uh, as neither of our nations is without its problems of late. Just uh, last night, I was listening to NPR on the way home. NPR used to stand for National Public Radio. It's sort of our public broadcast in radio form. And the evening news on there provides somewhat more of an international point of view for us that are used to the more network-based programs like CNN. And during last night's edition of NPR, they interviewed several people at a local market in London for varying points of view with the current state of affairs with the vote on Brexit. Now, I won't recount the interviews, but certainly there's a fair amount of turmoil in the air, and I'm sure that it would just be nicer for all parties involved 
if those matters were to be settled. Speaking of merry old England, did you know that the next episode of Matinee Minutia, you know that show that I do about film and television trivia with Mr. Toppy Smelly? Well, our next episode is coming up on Friday, April 5th. Yes, at 9 p.m. Eastern, if you go to univazpods.net, you can enter our chat room on Discord, and you can listen to our audio on our streaming station. We're going to be discussing a 2012 UK police drama. And this is sort of a period piece in that it is set during Victorian times. Now, this is a time frame before the turn of the century. No, not 2000, 1900. So when our great-grandparents, maybe your great-greats, were on this earth and we didn't have the modern conveniences of, of electric lighting and automobiles, this was the height of the Industrial Revolution where the great machines were churning and the gears were turning. And yes, sadly, there was child labor in those days and women were not appreciated to the point they are. They didn't have the right to vote and it wouldn't come yet for another generation. But we're going to be discussing a police drama called Ripper Street, so named after the famed, um, some might say myth, mythology, myth, murderer, serial killer, Jack the Ripper. Now, in the late 1880s, there were a series of murders that took place in London's East End, Whitechapel District. And there was an effort at the time to connect these murders because they seemed to have a signature killing method, a uh, kind of a calling card, if you will. Now, in in these days, we call these copycat when a murder is uh, exacted in a similar style of another. And to this day, there are still theories on who the person was because it's suggested that the name Jack the Ripper was simply a media concoction. In other words... Someone who wrote for a newspaper or possibly a team at a newspaper came up with the idea that a series of murders that looked alike in their execution were actually done by the same person. Well, River Street takes place in the time frame just after those murders in London's East End, and it was a series that ran for five seasons. Now, the first couple of seasons were on the BBC, and then Amazon picked up the show. The very interesting program, and uh, it gives you a perspective, a point of view from that period of time when things were just beginning to resemble 
our way of life in these modern days. People were making their ways to work, people were operating machinery, and lighting, street lighting, was becoming a normal thing. Now, in those days, the lighting of the lampposts in the city neighborhoods was a gas operation. In other words, it was like a pilot light on a stove, and someone actually came through and had to light those lamps in uh, in the twilight for there to be street light at night. And there were all sorts of living conditions then that have gone by the wayside now. There wasn't the modern conveniences of running water everywhere. They didn't have civilized utilities. Some people were still using candlelight. And um, our attitudes on lifestyles were certainly evolving because in those days, London was at the height of the boiling point when it came to integrating cultures. You had people who were exiles from Europe who were trying to resettle during revolutions. And uh, there were all sorts of demonstrations in the street due to lack of civilities in laws, especially those pertaining to ethics and morals of the day. So be sure to stop by and catch us for Matinee Minutia Friday evening. All right, folks, I'm going to grab some dinner, take that home to hubby, and then settle in for some video games and probably a 3D movie or two. I hope you have something to look forward to as you go into your weekend. And of course, if you don't have weekends off, hopefully you have a chance to catch your breath between moments of pandemonium. All right, folks, that's all for now. Kisses from the carriage. Bye-bye. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting.